Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Everybody keeps saying they want change. They want choices. And of course, in the last uh, general election in this country, Sinn Féin did really, really well. And, you know, I don't think it was because they were Sinn Féin. I think it was because people were just cheesed off with, you know, the current political status of Finnegan, Finnefall, Labour. And they were just cheesed off and they wanted something different. They wanted to maybe give them a shot, see how things go. Sadly for, of course, Sinn Féin, they didn't have enough seats to form a government. Hence, they didn't end up in government because nobody would join them. Now we see why we have a situation that we have at the moment, which hopefully, according to some people, won't be replicated, but maybe. Now, there's a new political party, by the way, that has been formed. And independent TD Michael Fitzmaurice is to join the new political party, Independent Ireland. It was formed last November by the Limerick County uh, TD Richard O'Donoghue and Cork South West TD Michael Collins, who were both members of the Rural Independent Group, the working group, you might remember that one. Uh, but they now have their own party, officially a party, recognised as a political party called Independent Ireland. And they said many people were frustrated with Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, but did not want to vote Sinn Féin, and Independent Ireland would provide them with an alternative. And Michael Fitzmaurice, TD, uh, joins for our TD for Roscommon and Galway, joins me on the line. Michael, good afternoon, or good evening to you. How are you? Oh, you're not really well. Nice to talk to you, Michael. Michael, why the, why the sudden move? I mean, to go from an independent, I suppose, to joining a political party, and I suppose independents always say, well, the reason I want to be independent is I want nothing to do with all of them. So, why well, didn't... You know, for... First of all, it's not a sudden move. Um, anybody that had followed me over the last year, I made it very clear that, um, say, one time ago, and the people, your listeners would all would remember Tony Gregory um, mm-hmm. uh, with great, great admiration uh, for the work he'd done around Dublin. Um, and he was the balance of power, and he was able to basically affect change for the people that were in trouble in, in, in the Dublin area. Mm-hmm. Um, then it moved on. You'd remember Jim Kinney and Sherlock and all of those people to three, and then it went to five. And now we're gone to a situation that the third leg of a stool nearly in most governments, and look, that'll be up to the people when they vote, obviously. Yeah. But um, if you look at the run of the mill of the thing, it's there's a minimum of nearly 12 needed now, especially with the new Doyle going to be the next time, where there's more seats. Um, and uh, we believe that a bit of common sense needs to come into politics, a bit of uh, realism needs to come in. There is problems out there not being addressed. And as we had pointed out, there is people every day saying, I won't vote for X, Y or Z. And you say to them, well, who will you vote for? And next time they'll look up at you and they'll say, well, you know, I don't know. Is there anyone to vote for? And um, That is I a frustration, it isn't it? That's a frustration. I hear that from yeah, people all yeah. the time. You know, same old, did. same old. But your, your yeah, argument did. is, and there's been many attempts over the years to form a good rural Ireland political party. Um, well, this won't be just rural Ireland now, to be very clear. This yeah. will be a, a, a housing shortage in Dublin is a housing shortage in Limerick, is a housing shortage in Cork, is a housing shortage in Donegal. Um, a problem in Dublin, can, a health problem in Dublin can be the same in every part of the country. So we will be covering um, all aspects uh, because someone that lives in Dublin is as important uh, as somebody that lives down the country, yes, for the likes of me that... Um, operates in the agricultural sector. I would have more um, knowledge in the line of agricultural sector, but people from Dublin mm-hmm. will be very welcome to come on board because they know their problems better than I can explain them. Yeah. And, you know, some of the policies, I suppose, by the Independent Ireland Party and some of the things that they talk about, and I've, I've listened to, to Michael recently. I, I know Michael was on Primetime recently with Richard. 
And, you know, they were talking about issues, I suppose, that need to be talked about. I mean, the biggest issue on the doorstep, if you ask any politician if they're not going to lie to you, has to be immigration at the moment. The housing crisis, yeah, well, the cost I, of living. Immigration, immigration is one of the uh, hot topics at the moment. Apart from, it, apart from in the doll, It's not talked about in the doll. That's the only place it's not talked yeah, about. Yeah, uh, Craig, um, climate is another one that's uh, a hot topic, especially in the agricultural sector. Um, health is a, you look tonight, there's a thousand people allegedly are supposed to have died uh, because mm. they couldn't get an ambulance in time. So all of these things we will be having in a comprehensive document outlining where we stand. Very straightforward. It won't be complicated stuff or waffling. We believe that people deserve to have a choice and that's what they'll get. I mean, we've been listening to politicians waffle in this country for the last five years and the government are constantly going, giving out about you know the general public giving out misinformation when we've seen more recently the public giving out more misinformation than the government giving out more mis- misinformation than anybody else. Your party, by the way, has pledged to freeze and reform carbon tax if elected. So you're not friends of the Green Party, that's for sure. No, would you believe that um, you can do things uh, environmentally better if you know how to do them? If you're, mm-hmm. um, You don't have to penalise the poor uh, and maybe make the rich richer to uh, implement change. That's not the way you should do it. If you look at the carbon tax, it has been a very difficult tax for people that obviously buy oil, um, are they're running their cars on a daily basis. Um, and where did the money go? That's the good question. We had heard in the agricultural sector every year it went up that more had come in. I was in the Ag Commission the other day, and uh, $112 million is the maximum we're getting out of 623 million. Unfortunately, with a lot of taxes, they go for, you know, they'll, be, they'll tell you that they go here, there, and everywhere, but in actual fact, it's another tax to basically penalise people. Um, what you do is you use a carrot rather than a stick in a lot of cases. And the reason that we're getting together, Niall, is that um, we can be single independents, we can do a certain amount of stuff, but if you want to go in where the piano is playing, you will need the numbers. That's the bottom line. Mm. And you will need to have solid people with solid ideas from diverse backgrounds, uh, be it city, be it country, to make sure that the proper representation is given. And stand by what you're saying as well. On top of that, we will need people's strong leadership in Europe for the simple reason um, 70% of all legislation coming to Ireland now and whether you live in a city or live out the country, that legislation is affecting you in one way or the other. And you need strong representation in Europe. And I think that we need to put our foot forward and make sure that we get that as well. Uh, in relation to taking that leap forward, I suppose, a lot of people, as you rightly said, are frustrated with the political parties in this country currently at the moment. And some, you know, believe that if they vote for an independent, for example, they don't have that same power when it goes into the dollar. That's why they prefer to, you know, vote for a party. Do you think yeah. there's, a, there's a legacy problem in this country whereby, sure, I remember my own father was a Fianna Fáil house. Do you understand what I'm saying? That no matter what happens, that people, it's like when they do the Jane Law ratings for radio, RTE Radio 1 get a lot of hits because, you know, somebody calls you and says, what radio station do you listen to? RTE Radio 1 might be the first thing that comes into their head. Is there is there a case of that in Ireland that it's going to take time to shift from the main political parties that we're familiar with to the ones that we're less familiar with, yourselves and Ain2 and some of the other smaller parties that are around. Is that going to take time? Well, um, no house was built in a day, but um, I do think that if you look, um, I remember the time, and I'm old enough to remember it, 
that you had either Fianna Fáil with the majority uh, or you had Fine Gael and Labour. Um, and the, basically they were able to make up, Fianna Fáil were able to make up over 50% of the vote that time. Mm. Um, they, so change has happened when you look at it that uh, they are now down to, if you go by the polls, uh, approximately 19 or 20%, Fine Gael the same. So that has been a big change over the last 10 years approximately. Um, and people are now, the next generation is no longer saying what their mother and father, uh, how they are forced, that they continue the same way. What they're looking at people that will go out there, uh, be straightforward about it. No, you know, this choreographing of a lot of stuff is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Announcements and then no delivery is not helpful. Politicians at the moment are not the greatest trusted people in the world above all things. And, I, you know, that's the, the problem. Are, they, are, there, are some of them the self-serving, people? Michael? Because a lot of people feel, and a lot of callers I talk to, believe that, say, you know, Leo Radke, Michal Martin, Mary Lou, whatever, or even Eamon Ryan, although they have different opinions of Eamon Ryan, to be honest with you, but they, they generally believe the politicians are disconnected from them. In other words, and somebody quoted the other night to me, they said, you know, when Leo Varadkar runs down the stairs in, this morning, in the morning, he doesn't look in his wallet to see if he got 20 euro for diesel to get to work, you know, or he doesn't look to see if he's got enough money for his lunch. Whereas the rest of us have to do things like that because we're not on six-figure salaries well, uh, with all expenses. Yeah, so the, the, the is that true? Are they, di- are they disconnected, Michael, some politicians? Well, it all depends. Like, my honest opinion would be that anyone that goes into politics, um, it's not your nine-to-five job, you're... You know, they're fairly long hours. Um, you uh, go in because you believe you can affect change. Um, some people would claim that people get disconnected. I don't. I, in my opinion, the big problem is in a lot of politics is that um, the permanent government that's doing a lot of the the paperwork and doing a lot of the legislation, and uh, they, in my opinion, may be very disconnected from reality on the ground. Um, and the politicians would go with whatever they put forward. And I believe that that is a problem. I don't think that there's people that's bad people in politics that are just out for themselves. Everyone that goes into it, I think, you know, the first day ever. But the big problem as well is, is that, you know, on the whip system, that no matter what legislation comes in, um, if you're with the main parties, you're told that you have to go with this simple as this or... You know, the threat is hanging over you. The view yeah, well, we've seen that with the hate speech laws recently, didn't we? You're going to be pegged out of the party. And mm. that is a major problem. And, you know, that's where we're different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it very clear that if you agree, if you got to the position where you'd be going for a programme for government, that you would... Um, obviously, you'll agree if you if you have a programme for government agree, agreed, you're going to vote for that. Obviously, you have to, you know, you have to do budgetary measures, but it needs to be teased out. Uh, there are two things that you would be going regardless, whether whip or no whip, but but in legislation that comes into the door, and we see it week in, week out, and we'd often talk to TDs, and it puts them in a very vulnerable position. There is The whip is on them, and they might never even seen the legislation or the same, they'd see it the same time as we'd see it in opposition, and they have to go in and vote for it, and they mightn't agree with it, and I believe that legislation shouldn't be that way, that legislation should be agreed um, the way that you would end up 
that uh, you would make better legislation, not worse legislation. Two quick questions before you go. Agriculture, obviously, and the farmers of Ireland are certainly on the agenda. Yeah. We've seen farmers all over Europe, not very happy, of course, protesting in France and Germany and everywhere else. And the Irish farmers, of course, took to the streets not so long ago as well. Um, I think we're going to see more of that. I think they're being hard done by. Um, um, and farming, are you worried about farming in the future in Ireland? The, you know, the future for farming in Ireland? Well, to be honest about it, anyone that should be following it would have a, a, a serious concern because there seems to be this narrative at the moment that we can nearly live on fresh air, that we don't need food. And uh, I think that every day you get up, they should say to themselves, thank the farmer for the three meals we eat. Like you have a raft of legislation and it's not alone, it's not alone the, the, the government here. An awful lot of legislation coming from Europe that's doing ferocious harm, like the, the nature restoration law, like the Soils Directive, like the Land Use Policy, all these different things are, you know, taken, it's actually deflating farmers. Um, and no wonder at the moment that we see the age profile for farmers, what it is, because, you know, the, the word you'll hear on the ground is educate yourself, get a job and go away from yeah, this. Get out of that and business. If you, keep, yeah. if you keep saying that to someone often enough, they'll, they'll come around and they'll say, yeah. they'll believe you. And, and we need to bring pride back in because in fairness you know if you look at this country and you probably have traveled a lot of europe and around the world the way we produce food is probably one it's it is in my opinion it's a grass-based system it's one of the best in the world probably yes. we seem to have an, it is an agenda at the moment i think it's extremely sad circle. michael i see i see yeah. it as extremely sad and what what i don't understand is when you see how angry the farmers are in germany for example and they're extremely angry at the moment I mean, I don't understand, and a lot of people don't understand, how Irish farmers have taken what they've been given so far. And I don't mean financially. I mean, they're willing to, to give up a lot of their livestock. They're willing to give up their land. They're willing to give it a lot of their, you know, their futures and their future generations of their families up, you know, in the name of climate change. Now, nobody's going to deny the climate change and all this idea that you must be a climate denier if you, if you don't agree with some of the policies is complete and utter nonsense. But well, our responsibility... The problem, in this country, yeah. Yeah, well, the, problem, the problem in this country at the moment, if you question something on, on climate, like, I question... Um, where we start uh, in the like, I know that climate has changed, and there's no denying of that. Uh, what people are responsible for is one question. Second of all, um, on top of that, you look at your sequestration, and when Ireland went up at sequestration, it took figures from other parts of the world because we had no, no research done. On top of, we had no hedgerows measured. We have around every farm there's trees; they're not measured either, and so we're starting off basically with a bad foundation. And to answer your question, what you're saying about the farmers, the average age, I think, is something like 56 at the moment. There's a large majority of farmers now, Niall, that's in their 70s and 80s. And unfortunately, because of the, basically, the kicking that they keep getting both in media and uh, from the likes of the EU and the Irish government, they're getting deflated. And you know someone, if they're deflated, the rise isn't in them to basically... Go out it's there quite sad, isn't it? It's quite sad when it you is, hear that. It, yeah. it, it is. I think it's actually disgusting because, and there's a policy as well at the moment. And if you even look at the new planning laws, um, there's a, we're in a housing crisis. You know it better than anyone around Dublin what people and young couples and has to pay for houses to either rent or to buy, and you kind of get them. And we have land down the country. Um, and now the new uh, the new 
basically the new document on planning is saying that, well, you need to move them in towards a small town and you need mm. to put a cycle lane and a walkway. And like the cop on, I think, is gone out of, I believe that... The common sense factor, lot, yes. With, with yes. no disrespect to anyone in Dublin, but we seem to have a lot of Dublin ministers that mightn't understand the countryside. Um, we have the roads in it. We have the the ESB, thank God, came years ago. And uh, we have the water infrastructure. And now they're after spending a good few pounds, and it's a great, uh, it's a great help, the new um, broadband. And there was great fanfare about that, bringing it to every part of Ireland. And now we're telling people, uh, well, if you look at that village there, now you'd be better off less people in that village, and we'll move them into a town that, ironically enough, doesn't have a sewerage system or doesn't have the capacity to take more towns. So you kind of mm. get planning. So we're defying logic at the moment in the time of a crisis. I don't know where it's coming from. I fear that the pop is pulling the dog around the place in the line of the small party. Um, But common Mm. sense needs to come into politics very rapid to sort things. And there's a lot of things that can be sorted very simply with a bit of cop on and common sense. And and finally, um, moving away from the carrot and stick approach or the stick and carrot approach, as we call it when it comes to the farmers, in relation to immigration, one of the big hot topics on the doorstep, yeah. probably for June and the next election as well, and the next yeah. general election. Well, the big thing, where, where, the where, do, where does Independent the... Ireland stand in relation to well, asylum seekers, I'll be, refugees? I'll be very clear on, on this. Um, like the, the big problem in the whole immigration debate is that when you highlight something, um, you're called either fair right or you're called left or you're called something. And that shouldn't be. The first thing we need to have, we need to do is always have a debate about everything. Um, we have looked at the laws that's in this country. And if the laws in this country were implemented to what they should, the way they should be, obviously it would solve a lot of problems in the line of passports and, and all of that. Second, secondly, um, there is major problems of with economic uh, migrants, uh, and then someone that's really deserving is left high and right. Thirdly, there is, do you give someone from Syria 38 euro and do you give someone from another country 238 euro? You have to treat people equal. On top of that, we have got to make sure that we bring Irish people with us. Why weren't we able to do modular homes four, five, six years ago? for the 4,000 children tonight around this country. Yeah, but you, well, you know as well as I do, Michael, as soon as you even suggest that Irish people, you know, born and bred and paying taxes here should be looked after first or given a priority because they've been on the waiting list a lot longer, you should be called a racist. Yeah, but this is the problem. You're, there's boxes. People are being put into boxes. Like, I would, I'd have seen it down the country when I was going to school, and that's a fair while ago, we were at the country had damn all money were able to have a bus, a school bus, an old bus square, just go around and pick us up. I see now every September there's war over who's left behind and who's not. And then maybe someone would come from another country and they'd get a ticket where a working family would be left behind. And these are the things that we have to face up to, address. Because because sure doesn't, that, of, doesn't that create top. a division? I mean, what I believe yeah, the government doing, and you might disagree with me, I believe the government are responsible for what's happening in this country at the moment. When we see the right and the left, as they're called, right, fighting you know, all of the time. First, first of all, it's not the, the innocent person that's coming in. It's not their fault. No, of course not. It's a government policy that dictates everything. And we see it. I see towns uh, that would have 40% of the population now would be from other countries. That's creating, say, problems in the line of um, 
being able to speak, talk to people or whatever. It's in, in some of these towns, there wouldn't be much employment. And the doctor then isn't able to give the services. But you need to have wraparound services when, you're, when, you're, um, when mm. there's extra people coming to a town. On top of that, there is a lot of people from outside this country um, making huge amounts of money on the backs of these unfortunate people. That's the reality of it. Taking and, advantage of the system, you know, of course, yeah. I, I, I made it very clear, um, I was on several radio stations talking about it, that we have community groups everywhere around this country. We have closed buildings. Why didn't they come to them and the government and say, look, we'll buy this building, we'll give you the rent, and mm. he run this place. And, you know, year two, because in, in not in Dublin, but in some of the very rural places, the buildings and the doing up of them, you'd have them paid for out the money they were getting in a year. And that small village then would be able to put in amenities out of the money it would get. Of course, bit of, for, bit of forward thinking, Michael. Michael, just finally, before I let you go, do you believe those numbers, I mean, I think it's probably a bit late now, and you can see now Fine Gael doing a bit of a U-turn in relation to deportations, etc., etc., because there's an election on the way, and obviously they want to make it look like they're actually doing something that people suggested six months ago. But Leo Varadkar himself, six weeks before Christmas, turned around and said, you know, Ireland had a capacity, and we're now at that capacity. That's exactly what a lot of people had been saying when they used the term Ireland is full. Uh, not that I agree technically with that term, but still, that's the term they were using. Do you believe we should have capped the numbers a long time ago? Because firstly, we can't afford it. And secondly, uh, we don't have the accommodation. We were already in accommodation crisis. You know, when well, I say cap the numbers, first, obviously more deserving cases being given priority and others being turned away. Do you think we should have done the that? First thing, the first thing we should have done was implemented the policies we have. The second thing we should, and we must remember as well, that one in four people are helping this country that has come from other lands through visas and all of that, mm-hmm. um, be it in, in the health service and all of that, has been an asset to our country. But the way the government has handled this in the line of holding up visas, in the line of the, it's basically the paperwork side of it, uh, in resolving it. And, you know, if someone has gone through the process, this, this idea of saying, well, sure, um, you better leave now. Well, like, that's not the ideal way of doing things and I think the government has listened at long last if you said this a few months ago you were You're right wing <laughs> but now now the government has said it uh, that yeah, it's okay. they are tra- yeah. charter flights so it's sound now in the media at the moment that you're not going to be called a right wing for saying Yeah, that. and, I, and, I, you and know, I don't think the media are doing politicians, or the decent politicians, any favours at the moment, to be honest with you. I think the media um, certainly have a lot to answer for over the last six or seven months. Uh, Michael, and, and, you know, when I talk about this, uh, like, this is coming from a person that, when the war started in Ukraine, that I got involved in, there was an old school down our way, and we put in beds in the rooms, and we helped people out. I'm a person that had a Polish lad working for me, a great guy, he was working in their own country, came up, and then he went back. But he was with me about 12 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. And it is very sickening then that you're thrown into a box because you debate something or you say something. And then a few months later, the government will change it, and it's all very fine then. You know, the roars you get across the doll or whatever from different people. And, you know, I see some politicians that said certain things back the years in 2013 or 14. And now they're saying the opposite. You know, you have to be straightforward, say it out straight, have a debate about it. In my opinion, Irish people are the best in the world. But we have got to also make sure that Middle Ireland, those young people who can't afford a house, the the guard and the nurse that just always be able to afford a house in Dublin one time, they can hardly afford to put down a deposit on one. We have got to start, you know, helping our own as well 
and treating them fairly. Because if you don't do that, if you neglect any side of society, they, they feel hurt and they feel left out. Michael, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck to you and the new political party, Independent Ireland. And thank you very much indeed for joining us this evening. Lovely. Thanks, mate. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.